All right, Kyle, we are live. What's going on? I'm sorry, I'm sending a text real quick. Okay, I'm going to cancel this real quick. Okay. No, phone's down. Okay. <laughs> cool. Sorry. So, uh, dude, can you get a little closer to the microphone? I can. Is, that, Is this close enough? Yeah, I think that a little bit, a little bit, a little bit close. Like, right there should be good. I don't want you to lean over the whole time. Like right here? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. That's All good. Right. That's fine. So, dude, um, what's going on, man? Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. No problem. So uh, this is a beautiful studio you have here. Uh, for those that are listening, uh, what would you be able to tell me about um, how you guys went about uh, making this place happen? So we're currently sitting in Reverie Studios, which is uh, located in the Varick Building in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, God, man, this one's a little bit... Uh, it's, a, it's a short story, but it's a story. Yeah, uh, story nonetheless. Basically, you know... My best friend, you know, Matt Blanchett and I have been talking about getting a space together for, I don't know, five years or so. It's It's been a little bit, but, um, <clears throat> you know, we, we never really seriously looked at places. We started kind of glancing at things. We'd send links back and forth once in a while. Honestly, he'd be sending me more than I was sending him, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I wanted a space to shoot. Uh, photography he wanted space to kind of record his his own personal projects his bands yada 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 um and then we actually ended up in the same building at another studio he was doing a music video for his band and um ran into tyler Ayers. he used to drum in a band for my brother uh forever ago and um you know he he was looking to get into his own studio his own space and you know they hit it off and you know it ended up being the three of us and here we are with revelry uh he basically was in very good standing with the the building manager and reached out and was like hey you got any spaces and he said yeah showed us this one and told us the price we're like we'll take it now (laughs) where did you guys come up with the name uh, how did, was that kind of a collaborative effort between you guys? or Not at all, actually. Um, so interestingly enough, well, you kind of have a little more insight to this than, than most people that will be listening. Um, it's the anniversary of my brother passing. Mm. And, um, you know, our, yeah, my... Yeah, I remember that was a very, yeah, it was a very, very not, tough time. Not enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's been through that can relate. <laughs> yeah, I can, uh, I can relate pretty pretty extensively yeah yeah yes yeah. you can yeah um yeah. tyler our friend sarah and myself were sitting in this room i was actually right about where you were and she was you know over on this couch uh tyler is actually about where i am um just sitting here hanging out and actually sorry it was june 21st and it was like very close to midnight and sarah's sitting there and she's like do you guys know the difference between reverie and revelry? I'm like, I think I've heard each of those words and didn't realize they were different. Two different songs by two different bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she put them both on and revelry came on at, I think it was exactly like 1201. That whole song just to me was like, boom, this is like Derek's life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, crap, just completely moved, like floored by it. <clears throat> and then we were just talking about the meaning of each. And uh, Reveries essentially is like a, a 
joyous time, like a boisterous, good time, like a, a good party type situation. Mm-hmm. And we're like, that's a good name for a studio, just like a good place to be with good vibes where like good, people good, are happy. Yeah. Well, it's like a place, it's like a space that people can have to express themselves with art. Exactly. You know? Because if you if you deprive that space, it's like a creative workspace. You know, to for do, sure, to do to do different things that you need to do in order to grow as a as a as a studio, you know, as a person. Absolutely. Yeah. So the premise and, behind uh, the word is pretty. It is, good. especially with, you know, Matt and Tyler both coming from, um, you know, the musician standpoint and, you know, audio recording. Um, and then Tyler also has a, a when we started this place, a very small background in film, but kind of had an idea of <clears throat> some things are going on he's he's getting much much more him and matt are both doing a fantastic job learning all that and you know i'm trying to learn as much as i can too because you know i come from a, a photo background not a video yeah. background yeah. and well that's what that's what i'm trying to do with this um this podcast mm-hmm. too is that the reason why i'm asking you the premise behind your name is because the last weekend i was talking to my friend ryan and uh ryan's a musician and trying to figure out like a proper name for the podcast, we came up with narratively speaking, which sounds it sound it has a little bit of a ring to it. I kind of like it. Yeah, but my background is more in photography. Yeah, my background is more in um, photojournalism and writing. So coming up with a name that's going to produce something that you can have this kind of like artful sense to it. You know, and I think narratively speaking is kind of cool. And I'm just trying to, right now, just gather material for the podcast before we actually release it. Because Absolutely. when you go when you go on to, um, like it's it's obviously I'm trying to get it on Google Play, and um, the podcasts are they have to be very strict with the way that their their format. Yeah, the form yeah. the format has to be really strict for it. So that's why I'm trying to, like I'm listening to myself after certain conversations. And I'm saying way too many like dicks, like just all these really <laughs> bad words that I probably calm I just, it down, Joe. Yeah, I know. I just need a, I need a, I need to sound a little bit more professional on, on that end, and also have material too. But some of the people that I feel I have a better history with is you. I just didn't even, I just didn't even come up with any material. I basically was just like, I'm just going to show up, and we're just going to have a conversation, and just you know, you you asked me about this, and you know. I, mentioned to a couple people I was doing and they're like well what are you what are you talking about what is he you know interviewing for what's the podcast for I'm like I really don't know I have no fucking clue I, I have I'm no just... idea but I assume Josh either has an idea or we're just gonna chat and it's gonna be a podcast something related to art photography yeah life and and you know just general outlook on things yeah and that's <laughs> and yeah yeah and that's exactly what me and Ryan were talking about um last week was we were talking about uh why music is so important to him and why photography is so important but it's a matter of having purpose in something in life that you you really look for Mm -hmm. you know something that is it's hard for me to art it's really hard for me to articulate it i can't really which is funny because you're you're so good with words i know but i'm a i'm a i'm a a, a right it's 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 a weird it's a weird dynamic because on one spectrum i'm a writer and on the other end, it's very hard for me to, when I'm talking about myself, it's like an extreme challenge. Maybe it's because this microphone's in front of me right now, and this is still something new that I'm doing. It's possible. Um, but in that regard, that's why I think this is so cool, is because 
I want to be able to just challenge myself in a way, even with interviewing friends or doing a podcast that could possibly fucking completely flop. But guess what? I don't care. I'm going to fucking keep doing it and just keep moving forward. And I think that that's where growth takes place, you know? And Sorry, the uh, monitors behind you just oh, play videos and I always get super distracted by them. Ignore me if I'm looking over your shoulder. Sorry about that, everyone. I forgot to turn off a setting on my Surface where I have to actually leave the screen on because <laughs> that's still kind of the part of what's uh, the learning portion that's taking place with this thing. Again, work in progress. This is only my second episode ever. So uh, what happened last time was me and Ryan lost about 30 minutes of our conversation because the Surface ended up just going to sleep. And so you'd hear the audio, and then it would be like, yeah, I've got this really cool, and then it just cuts out and just cuts into this other thing, and you're just like, crap. Just falling asleep on the job. Yeah, man, falling asleep. Falling Thanks, asleep. Microsoft. Fucking goddamn it, Microsoft. <laughs> um, but they had, um, you were just saying that you were talking about a checklist of not forgetting stuff. Um, oh, yeah, I just, I, I started making a checklist on my phone a couple days before uh, for any photo shoots that I do. Dude, that's just to uh, somehow I have not applied it to video shoots yet, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> getting there, getting there, uh, evolving, getting there, evolving. Yeah. Yes, um, just to make sure that I don't forget anything important because yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'm like about to walk out of the studio or about to walk out of the house, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay, cool, get everything, get in my car, start it," and I'm just thinking through my head, I'm like. Wait a second. Oh, shit. I don't yeah. have a seamless, or like, I don't have my tether cable, or I didn't grab my stand bag, and I'm like, okay, cool. I can't do anything without those three items, Dude, so. We were, so we were, in, we were in Michigan, right? And mm -hmm. uh, for those of you listening, I'm in the National Guard as a 46 Quebec, which is a public affairs specialist. Uh, so what that means is that I'm essentially a photojournalist, and I'll go out, and I will conduct interviews with soldiers and kind of tell the army story um well this this past annual training we had in michigan in uh august of this year there was a sergeant who i was paired up with and she was like oh hey um do you happen to have a microphone because i forgot mine and i was like fucking shit so <laughs> i was like uh i think i have one and i realized that i hadn't touched the microphone in almost seven months and she didn't have hers, but they wanted to do an interview anyway. So I was like, okay, um, I hope that this microphone's going to work. I hope that this microphone's going to work. <laughs> and so I give it to her, and we, we mic him up. We mic up. Uh, we're we're going to be talking to Sergeant Major Bright. He was one of the command sergeant majors for the New Hampshire uh, National Guard's mm -hmm. um, uh, artillery units. So as we're conducting the interview, she goes, she's like, so is this battery good? I'm like, yeah, totally, definitely. <laughs> And she was just, it was just, it was just to make them feel as if they were, the interview was like to cover my ass to make that the interview was going to mm -hmm. be good. And when we got back to the area, we realized that the fucking battery was dead and she's got like a good 15 minute interview with no audio. And it was because she forgot the microphone. And then it was because I forgot this other microphone that I had as a backup that I hadn't replaced the battery in almost seven months. And so these people came back afterwards and they were like, hey, did you end up using the video? And we were like, um, 
it kind of went against what we were trying to do. Basically, we were just <laughs> saying that we were covering our fucking ass because we realized that we fucked up like big time. Just fibbed a little bit. Yeah, we fibbed a little bit. There's nothing. Soldiers never lie. Marines never lie either. Just they. Yeah, they never, never. lie. Never. Of course not. No, just a small white lie here and there. Um, but no, that's a big important thing is to what I've tried starting to do now is write things down, like write down. Mm -hmm. Um, if I have an idea, I have a notebook, um, right next to my bed where that state where you're kind of going to sleep and half awake, I just... I'll fucking just, dude, I'll just get up. That state just, where you tell yourself yeah, you remember dude, it in the morning, yeah, but you never yeah. do. And you never fucking do, man. You know, you never fucking remember oh, shit. So, like, I don't know. Like, I'll be going to bed, and that's, like, when I'm doing my most, like, intricate thinking, I feel. And I'll be going in this really weird dynamic of my mind. I'll be thinking about, like, fucking pumpkin smashing or some shit. Like, some really weird off-the-wall crap. And then I'll just have this deep insight into something, and I'll just write it in the book. And if someone came over and picked up that book, they would think I'm like a fucking murderer or some shit. They'd be like, what the fuck is this guy thinking? And I'm just like, dude, that's just how my mind works. But it's good because I'm writing down these ideas and I'm exploring the different aspects of myself as an artist. And I think that that is, is, really, good for, um, is really good for projects you have on the side, you know? Absolutely. But for getting equipment as a... Like, if you're a photographer you're a musician or something where your art relies solely on external tools not just like not just like a pencil and a piece of paper yep it's <clears throat> i can't draw you the photo you want yeah it's fucking <laughs> shitty man yeah it's fucking shitty i can try but it might yeah. look like a stick figure <laughs> yeah i had a i had a uh, my buddy ryan says to me one day he wanted to do pictures of his dog i know it's, some people have mixed opinions of like you know Taking pictures, yeah, pet photography and like taking pictures with their dog. See, I don't give a shit personally, but some people say they're like, "Oh, that's so cliche." It's like, well, you know what? Those people go fuck yourself personally. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, dude. You'll find more photos of my dog than you will of me. So. Yeah, dude. Exactly right. <laughs> so, um, I completely forgot my flash, and it's like midday, and I'm like already halfway to his place, and I'm like, "Fuck." <sighs> Flash photography is extremely important because what you can do is you can drown. He's shaking his head as he's yep. saying this. You can, yeah. Flash photography, fla flash unit is extremely important because it drowns out all the bullshit light around everything else, right? And I made the decision to be like, all right, yep, I got to go back home. Got my flash unit, came back. But if this was a paid gig, that would be... That would be an issue. Yeah. Oh, was this indoor or outdoor? This was outdoor. Yeah, we were outside. I don't know if you've tried it yet. Uh, you should also get a reflector as well. Hmm. Those guys help like see, nobody's business. See, that's something. So let's let's turn the gears towards photography. All right. right. So that's something I haven't actually done is reflector type type stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So can you tell me how you got started in photography? Like, where did you where did you begin? Very beginning. You don't. You don't have to tell me. Like out of the womb, I had a camera in my hand. But nope. No. Um, I'm not that guy. It's like yeah. my dad gave me a camera at six years old. Yeah. See, I was. Uh, uh, there are a lot yeah. of people like that, and I'm just not that person. Yeah. But um, uh, but yeah, where sorry. where did you where did you kind of after you after you graduated school? Because I know you went to school for photography. Um, you went to the Hallmark Institute, right? <clears throat> I did. Um, 
So the first person that told me I should try photography was actually my aunt. She took a bunch of photo classes in high school and college, and um, I think she was trying to get a degree in photography when she was in school in fine art, and um, I'm actually not even positive if she ended up getting that or not. She's like, hey, if your high school does a photography class, you should take it. I'm like, mm. I don't really see the interest there, but, you know, you're recommending it. I respect you, you know. You're wicked dope, so yeah, I'll give it a shot. <clears throat> so going into freshman year, fucking dope. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it was actually a, a class you weren't supposed to be able to take until you were a sophomore at our high school, and um, I applied for and got in as a freshman. And I was like, well, that's weird. All right, cool. Um, I think it was my second semester as a freshman that I had it, and just fell in love with with you know shooting and processing film and and you know being in the dark room and trying to figure out what everything does and how to make things better and uh, yeah because dude shooting on film so for those people that are listening shooting on film is it's a very manual process it's not it's not like it's not like digital at all <clears throat> it's not digital where you you shoot and you look at the back of the camera and you can chimp it and be like this is good or this isn't good take another change a setting it's it's all manual and that's the thing is that you really see everything it's a physical it's 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 purely physical you know uh, and uh, i want to say it's more technical but it's it, not te- it, technically it's not more technical yeah because <laughs> um, both both between between film and digital they both have their advantages you know yeah but, but the one thing I, I realized when I was working with film was that I always saw the results right in front of, like, I always saw the results after I had developed it. It's like this, yes. this, this process that goes through just getting one print. So you walk around, you're looking at your photos you want to take, you snap the shot, and then you take that roll, you roll it back up, you go to the lab, you spend fucking 30 minutes developing it, and then... After you're done, you go and look at, you have to wait for it to dry the next day, and then you come back and you see whether you got the shot or not. Yep. And it was an extremely humbling experience when it comes to learning film photography versus digital. Because with digital, when I would when I would take photos, I would snap, like, when I was down at... Um, you take 50 photos and you don't even think about it. You take 50 photos yeah. on film and you're like, wow, I just took so much. Yeah, yeah. and you have to spend, you're spending money. You're spending money on, <clears throat> How- these, on these shots. How much better of a photographer did you come, you know, in the first six months you were shooting film? I, I was because I, I know you started yeah, with digital. Yeah, I know. I was a lot more. I was a lot more conservative with the way that I shot. You pay because, attention a lot more, and yes. you make sure you compose things better, and and you triple check all of your settings before you press that shutter. And yeah, and the thing too is that, as well, is is if you're getting into photography, there's three things that you need to be aware of that we're going to determine <coughs> whether a shot is going to be too dark or too light and it's called uh, some people will have multiple videos on it it's called the exposure triangle and there's three things that will affect it your ISO your shutter speed and your aperture and when you're shooting film your ISO is fixed because it's it's a number that relates specifically to the film yeah um, and the beauty of film is that there's all different types of types of film that you can shoot but you need with different properties, yeah, different ISOs, yeah. and, and, you, and you really need you really need to pay attention to what it is you're doing for what you're trying to communicate on film because yep. you will not be able to look at it right away, and it's an extremely humbling experience if you're looking at it and 
fuck, man, my, why is my why is my entire film strip dark? Oh shit, because I didn't change my aperture or my shutter speed was too fast. Mm-hmm. You need to be aware of everything that you're doing. But having that, <coughs> having a shot that you really enjoy, and looking at that print after you're in the dark room for fucking six, seven, eight hours a day, making all these different prints, it is it's so fulfilling to it's to fulfilling me to see that. A bit humbling yeah, as well. Yeah, a bit humbling. Honestly. And I've never been more angry in my life when I was trying to take a picture of a bird and the only thing I got was just fucking sky. Because trying to uh, <laughs> trying to also, when you're shooting film, a, lar- a large um, majority of the shots that you can miss come with your focus. So like you're you're manually in charge of your focus. It's not mm-hmm. it's not most most modern digital cameras, most smartphones today have just that that feature where it will focus automatically yeah. for you. And people get a little upset. I've I've seen you know with their smartphones when they're like, oh, why the fuck isn't my phone? You know why isn't it focusing? And it's like shit. Well, it's fuck. Like, I've well, got this goddamn manual camera. This thing won't even focus for me. You know. Like, so, well, your phone's doing yeah. seven hundred things that you know. A, a, three pound camera wouldn't do eight years ago yeah. so yeah relax guys yeah and don't, that's don't get too spoiled that, with your technology yeah and so even even people that shoot film and even people that shoot with their modern um smartphones dslrs it's the best the best thing is that it's not about the camera the camera is just a tool that's my that's my philosophy is that obviously yes. if you want to if you want to get into like if you wanted to get into sports photography where people are moving around and running around you're going to need a certain you're going to need a certain type of lens and you're going to need a certain type of camera for that obviously but it's still you can still produce some really compelling shots even if you went and got a film camera from 1970 with a really long lens and you attach that you could still get some really cool shots that way how you know? how many amazing you know sports photos or landscapes have you seen from you know the 50s or 60s or you know let's just i mean Ansel Adams like yeah he's if we're going landscape you know he he's like the pinnacle he's of landscape pioneered. yeah he pioneered he pioneered photography yeah you know there's uh, you there's, know. there's so many photos that Ansel Adams has and it's it's unfortunate because a lot of the people that you see today with photography sometimes they're not even um, they don't even know who Ansel Adams is they're mm. just like they're like who's that guy and then it's just like dude you need to get off the saturation tab in Lightroom or Adobe Lightroom like I understand <laughs> he, you know he was the guy that was you know trucking around a, a large format 8x10 camera up the mountains in Yosemite and you know had four people with him just to carry photo gear <laughs> yeah and it's and that's the thing is, is he's doing all this work just for just for a photo. Just, just for a photo. Just to try to conserve yeah. land. Yeah, just to just try to and conserve land. Try and to get the government to make national parks. Yeah. Because it's and, too beautiful to destroy. Yeah, and you see a lot of that same that same idea today. Like, there's a couple photographers called Paul Nicklin. He shoots for Nat Geo, and yep. he's he's um he's the founder of Sea Legacy. He's, he's fantastic. The, dude, he is fantastic. I have absolutely no idea how he gets some of the images he does, but he expresses so much passion in his photographs Mm -hmm. he expresses so much passion in the way that he communicates the way he wants to conserve um our polar ice caps like hey reduce your carbon footprint and he's just a photographer you know but the thing is is that some people kind of some people have this approach where they just they just want to do photography and then other people like photography is only five percent of what they do like if you look at if you look at modern day national geographic photographers Dude, the the accolades that those people have in order to even be considered for Nat Geo, it is insane at not how only, qualified these people are. To it is to, it, it, not only that, I, I could be wrong with this. What I've 
right online as far as your Nat Geo photographers, like those dudes are essentially and women because it's not just guys. Yeah. Um, when I say dudes, I'm kind of encompassing yeah. whoever's yeah, yeah. there. I'm sure they. I'm sure they. I'm sure they uh, understand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sometimes yeah. Sometimes sometimes people can't always. Sometimes people are a little sensitive. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, I'm very liberal, so. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, from what I've read, like a lot of those people are, are they're just pretty much getting like living stipends and their trips are paid for and like you know they're making maybe a few grand for a, a you know two or three month trip or whatever and you know whether that's accurate or not like these people are still gone like two three four yeah. six months at a time on assignment to get you know photos for or video um for you know a, a few episodes or you know a, a few magazines like yeah. a few prints like it's insane what these these people are going through like you know trekking through the jungle or or you know the the arctic or antarctic yeah. or or deserts whatever you know sometimes they're just going back to the same spot or, or sitting on the same acre of land or whatever for you know three four five six days at a time just hoping that what they're looking for is coming by <laughs> yeah just like really putting in the work for those images yeah and one of the one of the people that pioneered that was um was really inspired me was robert kappa was robert kappa he was he was the wartime photographer that um he said if you're if your picture isn't good enough you're not close enough and so yep. that really started making me think because i would always there was a, a picture someone had posted one time and it was a it was a picture of a marathon runner mm-hmm. right but you can tell that the photographer took it from a very far distance. He took it from a very far distance. And so someone had asked for photo critique. And the person ended up saying, well, to me, this says that you lack confidence to get close to your subject so that you might be a little nervous. And so that started getting my gears spinning. And I was like, hmm, that's very true. So the next day I was like up in someone's shit, like with the prime, like a 28 millimeter prime. Well, I don't know if it was a 28. I think it was a, a 50 millimeter prime. I was like, up you were in close. Some, yeah, I was really close. Like I could smell them and I was like, oh, doing man. like a headshot yeah. with a 50. Yeah, I can count the, I can count the pores in their face, you know? Um, but no, like Robert Capo, he was the one who pioneered um, getting close because mm-hmm. there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of riots back in the uh, 19... 20s 1930s when the spanish civil war was going on yep so he was one of the very first people that actually was photographing these riots that were going on and so there was two photographers one was from a very safe distance which actually seemed like the photographs were like it looks like they're lining up for soup or something that you would typically see in the 1930s during the great depression you know how they had the the soup kitchens and all that kind of stuff where people would come up and they would be in a just a really long line that's what it looks like but what's actually taking place is it's actually a riot and what robert kappa was was when he was looking at these guys photographs he's like this is a riot this doesn't look like a riot these people just look like they're in a line so he's he, up there getting photos yeah, of, so he of gets, the actual emotion yeah so probably he, pulling back for a few just to get a wide shot exactly like, yeah hey yeah. here's an establishing shot it looks like this but when you get close it's completely different yeah exactly so he gets <clears throat> he gets super close and there's these people <clears throat> sitting on these cars he's photographing people burning things they have their hands up in the air and it's that it's those single images like that that communicate the actual body language like wow these people look like they're literally rioting now robert kappa also ended up landing on omaha beach during world war ii 
Oh, okay. And so he he was yeah. So he was so very he was, familiar with yeah, being right in so it. So <laughs> he was also one of the one of the people that pioneered getting in the shit right. And so unfortunately, with the images that he had taken on Omaha Beach, um, he took a lot of photographs. Mm-hmm. Then listen to this. This is what happened to to all of his film. So you, you the, might hear in the background, it's just a cart going yeah, by. Yeah, there's just it's a cart going by. Building, yeah. So sometimes Sorry about you hear that. stuff. <laughs> um, but what he what he did was when he landed on the beach on Omaha. You know how. I don't know what wave he was in, but he survived, and that's a that's an achievement in and of itself. It, it on doesn't Omaha matter beach. if you're one of the last waves yeah. landing on the beach that yeah. day. Like that, that that's was and he still wanted, a good place to be if you're he, alive. <laughs> yeah, he wanted he wanted to be there with those guys. Yeah, and that's how they made a lot of the um, movie Saving Private Ryan was they were actually referring using his, to stills, refer, referring to his stills. But guess what happened? <clears throat> It's called the Magnificent Seven or the Magnificent Eleven because what happened is he got he took his role and he ended up handing it to the developer. Well, the developer was so adamant on getting these images published in a newspaper that only got he, half he the role over, developed. Well, well, he, the the role got burned, and it ended up I don't know how I don't know what happened, but the role got burned and only eleven or seven images were saved. And so imagine imagine the sheer. Like well, there were probably twenty four rolls, yeah, twenty four yeah. shot rolls. Can, assuming but, it was thirty five, which it yeah, probably it was, was. Yeah, and can you imagine? <clears throat> just can you imagine that? Like, oh my god, I survived this huge ordeal, and then all of my images that I took were just completely, <clears throat> completely. I, I can't imagine, dude. That. I don't even. I don't. I don't know what I would. <clears throat> how I would. Um, how I would recover from that? But. I have a question for you. Sure. So, you know, uh, talking about him and, you know, how he was on Omaha Beach mm-hmm. and then, you know, obviously survived the war, came back and was like, I'm going to, you know, be a photographer, but I'm going to insert myself into riots, into adrenaline filled situations, mm-hmm. you know, life and death, anything that, that you could consider extreme, I guess, by today's standards. Uh, obviously, you were in the Marines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I know, like, you know, when when you came back, did a lot of uh, shooting. Now you're doing a lot of climbing. Are you kind of, I guess, uh, kind of feeling the same thing? Maybe you're in, like, some some intense guess, situations with a lot of adrenaline I when do, you were yeah. over there and, and kind of trying to fulfill that, but in a less dangerous way? Yeah, in a less dangerous way because, like, when you're in the Marines, um, this is – so there's obviously some things that I'm working on uh, psychologically that I think most people most people in life are, are working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, what is amazing to me is that I had a lot of problems with um, just basically being out in society with people, like these high yeah. energy environments, right? Definitely remember and, that. Yeah, and it was it was because like I just didn't really know how to just be out. Right. And photography to me was the conduit to kind of introduce myself to the world. Now, I don't care about it's not about how many followers you have or anything like that. Photography to me is basically preserving life and it's it's making memories and just the entire process of everything that goes on is absolutely beautiful to me because Mm -hmm. I walked through New York City for the first time in 2015, 2016. um, And dude, I was just overwhelmed with how high energy everything was. It was just extremely like, whoa, this is is intense. Yeah, I think it was in March when I went. And 
the subway, dude, just everything is perceived as a threat because I was infantry in the Marines, right? Yep. And, you know, these these vehicles running towards me, people constantly looking at you. Like, we were in a valley, so you constantly feel that people are, are, are looking at you, you know? And the first time I ever picked up a camera, my parents ended up buying me one. And that's where I started to explore the avenues <coughs> of photography is it's a gateway to other um, memories. It's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I no longer started viewing things as threats. Mm -hmm. And then I started realizing like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm into climbing now. I'm going to do photography. And then I also was like, well, how can I better, how can I become better at my craft? It was like, I wanted to devote all this energy to it. And I decided to um, go into the national guard. And at first I was going to do air traffic control. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, man, you're too fucking stupid for this. <laughs> then uh, I wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't stupid. It was because my eyesight wasn't good enough. And then they were like, oh, Hey, you said you were into photography and writing, right? And I was like, yeah. And they offered me this position and it's allowed me to meet amazing people. Uh, I've gone to some really cool places. Um, but yeah, man, it's part of that. I think part of it is, is reliving those crazy moments, like those high adrenaline rushes of like, in the Marines, you have your friends that are like, dude, holy fucking shit, like, we could die, you know? And then they're just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's <laughs> it's this crazy, strange humor to it. Gets played off a little bit yeah. while you're there, just because yeah. it's kind of what you're doing day in and day out. Yeah, yeah. and it just becomes, it becomes a normalcy. And then <clears throat> when you have, like, this camera attached to you recording these images, that's the most, those are the most profound, candid moments, is when mm -hmm. you have photographs that people are not aware of, that you're there and that's what i love is when i can tell someone hey i'm not here hey i'm not here i'm not like the, I'm, the I'm not photo here photo expression yeah of being yeah. a fly on the wall yeah exactly and that's the beauty of like going climbing and having my camera now obviously my gear gets fucked up quite a lot like a lot i have even just you know whenever yeah. i bring my camera hiking i remember the first time with my d700 you know i'm coming down the tri-pyramids and slipped and and i fell backwards my camera just bounced off of a rock i was like oh i just got this i'm 19 years old this yeah. is a three thousand dollar camera oh my god what am i doing and i look at it and there's like a little mark on it it's completely fine I'm like all so, right this thing's rugged i'm not even like rock climbing with it yeah <laughs> so a little bit of the backstory with that exact same camera is i ended up buying that camera off of kyle um about a year ago for um some amount of money I, I had gotten because I wanted to make the jump from uh, what they call full frame and APS Two full frame. Yeah, AP, <laughs> APS APSC is um it's basically just the sensor size of the camera and it can be smaller or bigger. That's it's it's that's a whole different subject. But basically, I was looking to upgrade my camera and I was out in Utah and I was canyoneering in this trip and. The one thing that I wish people realize is that when they're photographing people, whether it's street photography, whether it's anything, is communicate with your subjects. Communicate with the people you're with mm -hmm. to make them comfortable because they're going to bounce off of your emotions. So if you're standing there really timid and you're like, <laughs> and then they're going to they're gonna pick up on that. People aren't stupid. You know, <clears throat> like we communicate through mannerisms as well, you know, Absolutely. and I love talking to people when I'm, when I'm photographing them, like just candidly when that's why photo that's why my, my photojournalist approach is my favorite because yeah. I don't I don't know when the moment's coming but when I see it I'm going to be so happy about it right so that camera I had bought off you 
I was sitting in this canyon with my friend Sean, and I I look up and there's this light that's coming through the cave, and he's just he's just got this crazy expression on his face, and so I snapped this photo of him that was, it was probably one of the best black and white images I've ever taken, mm-hmm. right? And the tones of it, everything was just the 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 way the way the picture was was it was just perfect. It was. I, just, I think I know which image yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's got I'm the pretty, one. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's one of the, the first images of yours I commented on, where I was like, "Dude, dude, yeah, you're is, doing it." Yeah, dude. And so I was just sitting there, leaning up against the back of the rock with my pack, and I'm like, "Oh wow, dude!" I just look and I'm like, "Holy shit, dude!" And he didn't he didn't even he didn't even think anything of it because I had been taking pictures of them the entire trip. Yeah. And it, at that point, so it the just point becomes like, "Hey, dude, don't move." Yeah. It just becomes <laughs> yeah. It just becomes second nature. But I just lifted the camera, I snapped the shot, and then that same camera right afterwards, I dropped into the water <laughs> and it got so fucked up. And I was like, "Oh crap!" I was like, dude, "Did it still work?" Yeah. After? So so I picked it up and it was fine. And then Sean's like, "Hey, dude, you have to repel." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." So I started repelling, <laughs> but. Like, it's like, here, I take this really cool shot, and then I drop the camera right in the fucking water, and I was like, oh, shit. It was like a little, and it landed, it was like a, the way the cave was, was that um, the glacial runoff, it was in Moab, Utah, so the the glacial runoff from the rest of the mountains actually, um, dude, they shaped this entire they shaped this entire canyon. It's crazy. Yep. And now we were there in September. Like the Grand Canyon. Yeah, man. dude, it's fucking nuts at how much these geological activity will shape these canyons. And imagine just in like a right? hundred years if yeah. you go back, just dude, how different it's going to be. Crazy, and that's, right? That's a short period of time dude, for it, you know for yeah. that situation. And 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 a lot of the a lot of the canyons that we were in, um, just absolutely gorgeous. But it landed. The camera landed on a rock, and then it fell into the water. And I just, lo- I was like looking at it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit! I hope that it was tethered to me. I had it tethered to my pack." Um, it's one of those I pick it up. Where you just sign. Yeah, like, of dude. Course I was, that would happen. Like my heart. Yeah, my, I was like, <laughs> "Fuck!" As soon as, as soon as I take a goddamn picture, I fucking drop this damn thing. <clears throat> but I pick it up. I look at the image review. The thing's perfectly fine. Now the lens was fucked up, but I still have that exact same camera, and I still continuously shoot with it. And it's a D seven hundred. It's, a, it's from, a great camera. Yeah, it's a D seven hundred from two thousand eight. I do have to get the sensor cleaned though. I just haven't oh, sent it in. I just haven't sent it in yet because I did order the sensor cleaning like February of like, oh, I was this say, last honestly, year. Don't even bother. You can get yeah. sensor cleaning kits. They'll do a better job there, and it'll be oh. much more professional. But you can do it yourself, and you'll mm, probably shit. save a lot of money. I'm gonna have to look into that. Um, so we'll talk about that. After. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, but we'll talk. Uh, a lot of people realize like. I'll say even your that's still going. Okay, I'm watching cool. it. Yeah, I cool, keep making cool. sure. <laughs> um, when they say like weather resistant, it, it's usually it's definitely meant more to be weather resistant. You can shoot in the rain and your camera's not going to get destroyed. Mm. I've also heard stories of people dropping five D's in like a brook and just immediately being like, "Well, that's gone," well, and shit. you know, taking out five minutes later because like it's broken anyway. They take it out and it's still completely fine. Like no no water in the glass elements, no water actually in the camera. Camera's still functioning fine. <clears throat> so like, is it gonna happen every time if you drop it in you know the ocean or a lake or a river? Is it gonna be fine? Maybe, maybe, probably not. But you know what? Don't give up on it. Pull yeah. it out. Like shut it off. Let it dry out before you continue using it. There's a good chance it might be like a phone when you throw it in rice. Like, Do you want to know an advantage that film has over digital? <clears throat> that issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because if you think about it, so I know you're I know you're aware of this, but the people that are listening is that if you have a digital camera and your chip falls into the fucking water, there goes everything. 
when you're done shooting film, those little film canisters that actually come with the um, the film that it puts it in, well, once you're usually done shooting, you can take those film canisters and throw them in that canister, right? So there was this guy that was he was on a boat over in the fucking Indian Ocean or some shit. He was photogra- he was a he was photographing some far off country and his boat tips over and all of a sudden he starts seeing all of his little film canisters coming up on Just the water. Floating. Yeah, and so the camera he had was only worth a couple hundred dollars. He's like, Oh yeah. He's like the film, I'm gonna get a shit ton more money for these fucking film yep. canisters than I will my digital or my film camera. So the film cameras will float up to the surface, and so I'm like, hmm, well, fucking film still has its advantages over over digital. Um, but I ended up just learning the hard way, too, what happens when you have a waterlogged camera. I was in Idaho two weeks ago, and there was this waterfall that was absolutely gorgeous. It was amazing. And there were these kids behind me. And the thing is, is that it's a very steep grade up there, so these kids are like fucking hogging this area. And so I didn't want to fucking go up there and possibly, like, massacre these children, you know, kicking them off the ledge, you know, at, at some point. Spartan kicks. <laughs> dude, at, at some point, I, you know, I'm starting to think to myself now, I'm like, maybe I fucking should have. Um, but there's these rocks, right? And I'm, like, looking at them, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll just fucking, I'll just be a man. I'll just be a man and walk on these fucking rocks. Like, you know, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I should have put my camera away, but me being me, I'm fucking stupid. And I was like, yeah, I do the same thing every yeah. time. I'm like, yeah, I'll be okay. Yeah, dude, I'll be okay. I totally know what I'm doing. Nope. Uh, so about the first step I took, the rock was like, wow, this is solid as shit. Second step, it's like, all right, I feel about 75% of this way. I get about halfway and I'm like, I'm fucked. I am <laughs> so fucked. And then, yep. So I lost my balance. Now there's like 30, 40 people watching me at this waterfall, right? And they're just like, there's like, oh, I hear all these people in my like my periphery and my my ear. They're like, oh no, oh no, he's going down. Oh no, he's gonna fuck up. Like, oh god damn. And then I immediately go down. As soon as, like <laughs> after they say that, my entire camera went into the water with my right hand. Now the lens itself was fucked. The lens itself got got water damage now the camera was actually good the camera itself is my d810 dude i was my heart fucking like sank sank, dude because my d810 is my life yeah my it's it's a great camera it's a workhorse i love that thing you know but getting back to weather sealing if you think that a camera says that it's weather sealed it is not waterproof Correct. It's weather sealed. Yeah. Weather sealed. Uh, yeah. Even even your you know higher end like eight thousand dollar cameras like they're they're not uh they're not waterproof. They're just no weather sealed at uh you know higher quality than your three thousand dollar ones. Yeah. So dude, um, I know I, I haven't actually talked to you for quite some time. I want to talk to you about your road trip that you did. Your road trip yeah, that you went on. I was on. actually just about to say uh, yeah. to anyone that's think that's hearing Idaho and being like, why would you go to Idaho? Dude. That area of the country is is easily the most beautiful place I've been in the U.S. You know, mm-hmm. Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota. North Dakota was boring, but like South Dakota yeah. was, was were, were stunning. You, were you in the Badlands area? <clears throat> yep. Yeah. <clears throat> we dude, went through see, the Badlands. Um, <clears throat> so basically in July... Left June 30th. I did a 30-day, well, 28-day motorcycle trip around the U.S. with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we started in New Hampshire, went down to Tennessee, did the Tale of the Dragon, which is if anyone rides motorcycles or likes to drive sports cars, uh, do that. It ends in North Carolina, like maybe f- a few miles in. Mm-hmm. Um, did that, and then we shot out to Denver, just 
took the most direct route. I can't think of what. The I know route that there's is yeah. I, I think yeah. that there's it. It connects through Nebraska, I believe. Yep. Yeah. It goes yeah. through Nebraska and Kansas, or no, through Kansas. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, fucking either or some fucking flyover country over there. Yeah. They're stunning. They're, uh, yeah, would I want to hang out there gorgeous. for any period of time? Probably not. Also, didn't look into anything cool to do in those states because our goal was really to do the, the Tale of the Dragon, get out to Denver because we knew that's like the really place. where that trip kind of started. Yeah, the place Denver, to be. west, yeah. and north of there. Yeah. Um, just did that. Went to <clears throat> Pikes Peak and then um, where we go from there? We went over to... Clarksdale, Arizona, to stay with one of my dad's friends for a night. In Colorado, we um, stayed with, I think it's my second cousin, might be my third cousin. Whatever, family. Stayed with some family. Yeah, exactly. And then... uh, Well, dude, what was it like? What was it like driving through, driving... Can you... you elaborate a little bit on what it was what what did it feel like when you were driving through just all that that open road between um like basically what frame of mind were you in when you were driving through the mid the midwest with all that distance between you before you got to colorado you mean doing like 500 miles a day yeah yeah <laughs> uh because it's not it's not like it's not like a typical car ride, right? Where no, if you're doing if you're doing a yeah, if you're doing a car air. ride, you have someone in the car with you and you're yeah. you're listening to fucking whatever music you put on. Luckily and, I was listening to yeah. music. Yeah. You know, I I um I have a BMW R twelve hundred GS is I, I just picked up in last February, it's January now. Um and I could get an USB plug in so I could have my phone plugged in all the time and I just had uh uh, speakers that I put into my helmet and you know that those say they're rated to last eight hours mm-hmm. but I definitely use them for like 14 hours <laughs> on multiple days and it was fine Wait, so shout out, shout out to the company that, that we might we might get sponsored here yeah I wish I could remember their name right this second but uh we'll, we'll, we'll reconvene after this yeah. Discuss. yeah yeah they were cheap the sound quality is not great <laughs> but like who cares? It's better yeah. than just listening to nothing for yeah. like fourteen hours a day, thirty days straight. Yeah. Like, because see, that's um, that's that's the thing is that there's some people that love absolute silence when it comes to driving. Oh, they when just, you're on a bike, just, you don't get silence, dude. Yeah, you know, like they just love that. They love that inner. They love that inner monologue that takes place in their head. And other people like yourself can't fucking stand it. Myself, me, I need I need some I need something in the background. I'll, I'll be spacing out, listening to the music, and just, like, have that inner monologue. But every once in a while, you're like, oh, I'm getting tired, or I'm getting bored, and you just, like, need to, like, just fucking go through songs and just, yeah. like, scream to yourself, yeah. like, the I need the to lyrics. fucking get myself through yeah. this fucking long, monotonous <clears throat> goddamn drive. Um, yeah. Going through, like, the Midwest was was fine, honestly, because, like, we're from New Hampshire. You see in a lot mm-hmm. of... A lot of trees, a lot of hills, mountains, whatever, you know, you pretty much anywhere you go, you're going to run into a town within like 10 miles, maybe 15 miles, whatever. It's not a big deal. You get out there and, you know, sometimes it's 15 miles between exits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, it's flat and you don't see anything except the cars coming towards you on the other side of the highway or going by you or the ones that you're passing. You know, you stop at rest stops and it's like, okay, cool. Like, um... You know, one one of my actual favorite photos from the trip is at a rest stop in um, Kansas. Mm. <laughs> there was a rest stop, and there's just like this nice little area, a little bridge you could walk over, and then there were some picnic tables and just like 
big beautiful fields and some old rundown uh, little like brick house. And it was just, it was, it was great. One of the, it was one of those moments. Yeah, it yeah, was, one, it was of just moments. one of those moments. Where, like, you know, my dad and I are just sitting there, and I have my camera, and I'm like, I'm going to take a couple photos while we're over here, because, you know, when's the next time I'm going to be driving through the state? Possibly never. Yeah. <laughs> it might yeah. never happen again. So, of course, I'm going to take photos. <clears throat> Plus, I, I want to take photos every day, document the trip, and update mm-hmm. my Instagram, and, you know, be able to show people. Um Actually, yeah, it's, for, a, it's a it's a challenge like yeah. that that photo like a photo fo- one photo a day one photo a day is a really cool uh, yeah. challenge you know, and there people were sometimes do four days on the trip where I didn't take any images once was going from uh, Portland Oregon or going to Portland Oregon from um I think we started in Eureka California that day if I remember correctly and then uh, the other three days were the last three days of the trip because we were doing. Between 570 and 670 miles a day to get home. We went from Dickinson, North Dakota. That's all, that's all day, man. Yeah, that's Dickinson, really North long. Dakota to New Hampshire in three days. <clears throat> um, that's a lot of that's a lot of mileage. Yes, it is. And we we you know didn't have anything to see in between, so we didn't stop really. So how how was your dad handling the trip? Good. He loved it. Uh, you know he he would love to do it again, but he says he wants to take two months. And honestly, I don't blame him. Like you, you say, like traveling for a month just around the u.s like that's plenty of time it's not like we got into to yosemite and dude there's <clears throat> there's a lot there's a lot on the western side and yeah i mean even even on the eastern side there's still a lot over here did you know that there's letchworth state park up in new york it's called the grand canyon of the east yep i had no idea that that even existed yep. until my uh, friend told me haven't been have heard of it yeah but um yeah there, there's so much to see so much to see i could have spent you know, two days straight just riding the tail of the dragon and, and roads around that, like, Tennessee-North Carolina border. Um, you know, just uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway, we only did about 25 miles of it just because we, we were trying to get to my friend Alex's place in um, Tennessee. She was letting us stay with her in, in uh, mm-hmm. I think it's Maryville or Marysville. Um, sweetheart of a human being, honestly. Yeah. She's great. Um and her brother Adam, I actually went to Hallmark with, which mm-hmm. is how I know her. Um, he ended up showing up, and and their mom ended up coming over too, or, or she was staying with her for a couple of days or something. It was, it was awesome, just to be able to like yeah. reconnect with them well, and like hang out and see these people I haven't seen in in you know six years anyway. And I think like, that that's really cool when people understand that you're like <clears throat> traveling. You're just like, hey, absolutely, just, just passing through. Hey, is it cool if I is it cool if I crash at your place? Uh, honestly, than, not more, even. Didn't yeah. even ask people. Like, I posted something on Facebook saying we're doing this trip, and um, I had like six people from Florida reach out because originally we were going to Florida, but they were like, "Yo, you can crash at my place. We're here." Had Alex reach out from Tennessee. <clears throat> um, my family member reached out from Colorado to my dad. Um, I had friends and like multiple people in LA reach out, which we weren't going to stop in LA because no, thank you. Um, you remember Kristen Lauer we graduated with? I think so. Yeah. Blonde hair was in the drama department. Super, super nice person. I don't know if you have to like bleep out last names on this now that Um, I'm thinking about it. We can, Um, we can always, we can always correct it afterwards. Yeah. But, um, it doesn't, doesn't ring any bells. But, uh, you know, I haven't talked to her since high, since I think junior year of high school, she saw what we were doing that. She's like, hey, if you need a place to stay in Portland, uh, I got a place. It's just going to be a floor and a couch, but <clears throat> you can Dude, stay. Dude, you're, sa- you're and, saving money. You, you know, know what? And, we, and also, yeah, you're we, connecting with people that you haven't connected exactly. with either. And they under- I think that they understand. We ended up you know? crashing with them, too. And like Dan and I you know, took them out for dinner. Well, 
asked them what a good place to eat was. And like, it's a bar like a couple blocks from here. So we went down there and hung out for like three hours and just, you know, they all got some beers and we all had some food and just hung out and we paid for them. Like, hey, you know, thank you so much. Like, dude, and see, that's it, the, it's so accommodating. Dude, see, like, that's people the, are just so nice. Dude, see, that's the beauty of it, man, is that <clears> like with, with traveling and with photography, it's being caught up too much in life just following falling into the same pattern of things yep. like just that's what's important about photography is that these these it doesn't it, it's not so much about the images but maybe it's the journey behind the image <clears throat> that what it means to you not what it necessarily means to someone else and they don't even exactly. have to they don't even have to understand the story but like whether you're a climber whether you're anything you know people that hike the Appalachian Trail the people that hike the Appalachian Trail, you know, they are all on a mission together. You know, it's, an, it's and insane. That's yeah, a, that's a journey. That's a journey. That's a, that's a lot of that's yeah. a lot of commitment to that. And other people are able to understand that, and they're like you said, they're very accommodating. They're very nice people. Yeah. They're able to really connect with each other, and they they just push forward towards this goal. You know, I think it's it's super cool. Exactly. I'm actually like really upset with myself because I didn't think about it until I think it was the like. It was definitely within the last week of the trip, the last seven days. <clears throat> we stopped at this rest stop, and we were just talking to some guy. And then afterwards, I was like, Dad, you know what I wish I'd been doing this whole trip? And he's like, what? Like, just taking portraits of everyone that we talked to. Yeah. And he's like, I don't really get it. So, you know, You're he's like, not a photographer. Yeah, he doesn't. It's it's no, like it, just yeah. like how cool would it be to be like, hey, remember that time where we stopped, you know, at this random turnoff because I wanted to take a photo and we ended up talking to this dude for 45 minutes. Like that's a dude that we interacted with that we both remember and we yeah. remember what they look like. And it's from this crazy trip that we're on that, you know, not, a, I'm going to say overall, not a lot of people do or would want to do or have no desire to ride, you know, over 10,000 miles in 28 days. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know, I wish I did that. Yeah, there was um, Sean, the guy from the guy who I took his photograph in Utah. Yep, he ended up reaching out to me, and so that portrait that I had taken of him, he sends me a, a text message. He's like, "Hey, dude, I need to I need to speak with you about something." After he tried calling me, or he left me a voicemail or something, and it was just you know I didn't I didn't have my phone on. <clears> it's 2018. And, we don't answer our phone calls. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and um, so he sent me a text, and he's like. Hey man, look, like my grandfather's getting rather old and he's like, he did a lot of things when he was younger that really he's kind of remembering, you know, he wants these memories and that photograph that you took of me shows that I'm kind of going back and I'm kind of stepping into my grandfather's footsteps or his shoes. Again, I don't really remember it. So Sean, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I don't know if that's the most like, accurate. Kind but, of following his, but, his like life. Yeah, what it was important Style. yeah his grandfather saw the image and his grandfather was like i want that picture mm -hmm. so he sends me a message and he's like hey josh how do i go about getting this photograph for my grandfather like i'll pay you and i'm like yeah. dude don't worry about it i got you because that's the power of it is that his grandfather was so enamored by this this photo that i had taken of him that he's living through like his grandson or he's connecting through his grandson with something that he had done and he sees this image of of sean which he might have even seen an image of himself and in that yep. regard with this helmet on and this 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 intense gritty fucking muddy face look on him and he's like wow i really connect with that so 
I made the image for him and I was like, dude, no charge. The only thing you need to do is just pay for the print. Here's the image. You can have it. Don't worry about it. Which and is like, I'm, yeah, and I'm just like, like, dude, I'm I'm just I'm just doing this because I enjoy it. You know, I'm not doing this like professionally. Yep. People say people say like, oh, Josh, you're a professional. I'm like, well, professional is such a subjective, relative term. You know, I consider myself like forever a student, but um, that's the power. Like you said, getting people's portraits, man, is that dude, it, uh, it's 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 a it's a look. It, it's a way in which we can connect because we use the photograph kind of as a shield to view other people absolutely and challenging yourself to walk up to someone and say hey i'm going to take your picture like just looking into looking into their eyes this intense look in their eyes is just it's it's amazing and most of the time people will actually allow you to take their picture but i think most of the time the thought process is like oh this is a little weird but like i'm never gonna see this and i don't don't, care yeah so like that's that's the thing i don't funny that like you know on on our end of the camera it's very much like wow this is such like an intimate moment this is great and it kind of tells a story and helps you know helps us remember like where we were what we were doing or the feeling or smell or or you know what the temperature is outside and to these people you know most of them are probably going to forget about it in a week. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it, it's funny that you, you know, you bring up that story about, um, sorry, friend Sean. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I forgot the name for a second. I'm like, pretty sure this Great is Great dude. It. Yeah, yeah. He's a good dude. <clears throat> um, and just, you know, how much those photos can impact someone's lives. And for the longest time, I was like, you know, even go like when I was at Hallmark, like, you know, Portrait and wedding photographers don't get enough credit. No, they might dude, not. They, they might not be the most technical. They might not always make the best images. But even a, a poor image of someone, when a, a terrible situation comes around, makes a world of difference to that family. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. You know, I, I did some portraits of um, Matt's brother and, and his girlfriend at the time, and, and their kid, and you know, with Matt as well, and. <clears throat> You know, Matt's brother passed in, in 2014. Um, you know, when that happened, I, I still had all those photos from a year prior and uh, just gave them everything I had. And, you know, when I took them, I was like, okay, I'm actually pretty happy with how these portraits came out. You know, it's a nice little family portrait, not my style of stuff. I try to do more commercial stuff. Like, you know, it, it wasn't anything magical to me, but, you know, when I was going back through those, just like, one, I was so emotional because, like, you know, Alan was my friend, too. Like, we didn't, weren't close for years, but, you know, we were still friends. And, you know, Matt was always my, still my best friend. Like, and, you know, his parents were, like, a second set of parents to me. So, like, seeing all of them going through that, you know, just shortly after I lost my brother, too, it's like, wow, this is the worst thing ever. I'm going to do everything I can. But, you know, going through those photos, I'm just like, these are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, this is. Yeah. It's a link to the past, man. Yeah, their memories. and it, it, it's just like, just being given those to them and like, see them actually print in their house and like, how much that meant to them at, at that time. And I'm, I'm sure it still does. Um, that's just a good feeling. Like, you know, I, I, a lot of us hate having our photos taken. I, I don't care about I, having no, my I, photo taken, but like, if someone asks you to take their photo, or if they can take your photo, or like, are willing to give you photos of yourself or of relatives or whatever take that chance just do it like god forbid if you believe uh you know anything happen like you know that's something for you or for your family or whatever that's just like i don't know it, it just an expression that it's a that, it's that a, can bring back a, a world of memories dude it can because they see them like they have the image in their head 
but to physically have that connection a link to the past with something that it's there there's so much more to photography than like there's so many variables that it goes into when getting these pictures to these people just this 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 beautiful process that takes place from beginning mm -hmm. to end and then also like holding a print in your hand and knowing the story behind it that's what's that's Absolutely. what's so impactful i feel with 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 people yeah and, and to anyone that um you know does shooters and necessarily print their stuff maybe just throw it on instagram or facebook or i don't know whatever website you're choosing you know, take five of your best images and, and print them yeah just print them just and, just so you can have them and, and look at them and for some reason as soon as it's in your hand like you know, like yeah. you, know, you, you take don't photos even, and you're you like, this even, is nice. And then you get a print and you're like, wow, this, this is, is insane. It's real now. Yeah. It's actually real. Yeah. Because um, we're so used to being saturated with, with images, images everywhere. Yeah. On images on Instagram. There's so much Billboards, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. anywhere on the internet. You know, you, you walk into a coffee shop and there are photos everywhere or TV and you see images flashing. Like to have something physical is is. Oh, it's, it's, it changes it's, it's, things. It changes things because it's it's real. Yeah. It's not it's not just you're not viewing it at a screen which requires electricity. It's always going to be there, yeah. whether it degrades over time. You know that's a whole other subject. Yeah, different but situation. There's um, like even look at how important photographs are from the early 1900s to the early 1930s. You know, if they had the internet back in the 1930s, you know, there's. <laughs> I mean, there's a distinct difference. Like I'm even looking around me right now and there's like pictures I see up right now. It's, it's physical. It's there. Yep. You know, you don't, it doesn't need electricity to be there and having prints, you don't need, you don't need a badass fucking DSLR. And that's the thing. I wrote a paper on this actually a while back about how photography is, is kind of, it's something that's losing ground. I feel because we're becoming so saturated with smartphones and P anybody can take a photograph. Anybody can take a photo. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's that, That's the thing. Nope. People are having fun and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you step up your game for a quick second and you're like, oh, hey, I want to make a print of this and you show them the actual image that a, a decent camera can take, they're like, holy shit, this is insane. Mm -hmm. Or they have that eclectic moment where they took a photograph that was really important to them, whether it's fucking Bigfoot Sasquatch or whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, and they're like, "Hey, I want to print this," and they have that print right there in front of them. That's like that's part. It's it's from from beginning to end. It's a process. Yep. Like trying to find <clears throat> trying to find an image, whether you're searching for it or whether you're just experiencing the moment right then and there, and you make it turn you turn it into something physical. It becomes real. Absolutely. It becomes you. You're like living. You're reliving that moment essentially, and that's what's so tantamount and important to photography is that exact portion right there, and. Um, with what what the unfortunate thing is that I'm sure that you've seen on your travels where people I feel are becoming too ingrained in social media with their photographs where they're not really enjoying where they're at or they're not really enjoying the process that takes place and again there's it's, nothing wrong with it's it it's funny you say that because for, for quite a while I was you know, doing that, not necessarily even for, for social media, but just being like, oh, I'm on this trip. I have to get like a cool shot. And mm -hmm. I just have my camera attached to me all the time, constantly taking photos. And I remember way less from those trips. And now I'm just like, if I see something that's definitely worth taking a photo or, you know, mm -hmm. happen to be stopped or pulled over or whatever, or like I'm going to a specific spot to get a photo, then 
yeah, I'm doing it, but otherwise my camera stays where in its little house, whether it's a backpack or, you know, Pelican mm-hmm. case in my saddlebag or like whatever the deal is, you know, cause it's, it's a, I want to actually experience things. I, I take way less photos now yeah. than I used to just Same. for that exact reason. It's like, I'm here to experience this. I'm not here to show everyone else I did it. Like so many people are online living this perfect, amazing, crazy, happy life, but you, you know, they what, might be no the one, saddest they've yeah, ever no been. One, no one knows. Photos. Yeah, like, no one knows what goes on behind the curtains, exactly. you know, and they have this like, let's say they'll have like a million Instagram followers or whatever they'll have. And it, dude, it's just a number. I was even talking, I was even talking to Ryan about this last weekend about his band is that bands are, bands are recognized for the amount of followers they have, which I don't agree with. I don't agree with. I agree with the content of their music that they have, but that's, that's music. Photography is like, I was in New York city two, three weeks ago that during that weekend before I went to Idaho and I told Andy, I was a, a very good friend of mine who um, is a fellow photographer. He says to me, he's like, hey, man, like, uh, there was this really crazy photo of the Manhattan Bridge that I had seen from a guy named Michael uh, Sadovsky. Mm-hmm. Really good photographer. Really good at blending his images on Instagram, his mind's eye. He's great. Seems like he's a really talented guy. Um, well, I was like, wow, this is a crazy photograph. So we went to, he's like, oh, I know exactly where that is. He knew immediately in his mind where it was. So we go over there, right? And there's this huge crowd of people, at least 100, at least maybe 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 50 to 100 people. All with where, their phones above well, their heads. Well, there was a, like, yeah, there was, click, well, click, click. There was, like, well, yeah, there was, this one, there was this one person that walks up and is just like, oh, cool, snaps a photo and then just walks away. And they just, they were like, I feel. Just to show people that you were there. You know, and that's that's kind of the same problem I possibly might have with selfies, is that why do you have to tell me that you were there? Because I know I know you took the image, I know you took the image, mm-hmm. so I know you were obviously there. Now, get the fuck out of the way. I want to see what the <laughs> hell you're taking a picture of. You know, like if you're taking a exactly. picture, if you're taking a picture of the Manhattan Bridge, I don't want to see you in the fucking Manhattan Bridge. I want to see the Manhattan Bridge. Now I know you took the picture. If I want to see a picture of you. I'll go on your profile or wherever. If someone else took a picture of you, you took a picture of yourself. There's nothing wrong with selfies in itself. There's nothing wrong with it. But, like, I don't care to see someone standing in front of the Grand Canyon. I want to see a picture of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. You know? When when I'm traveling by myself, I tend to do a lot more selfies just so I can send them back in like a family group text. Just Mm -hmm. be like, hey, I'm here. I'm still alive. Look at this. Kind of for... For that same reason that I mentioned before, like, you know, if anything were ever to happen, like, people are going to want photos yeah. of that person, you know? And you know what? And, and that's, that's a good point. That's, that's not a good like, point. That's not yeah. a, a vain thing, like, look at me, I'm important, people care about me. It's like, yeah. a, it's very much just like a, you know, that's your family. They yeah. do care about that's a, you. Yeah, that's a good point. No matter I think what I have standing a, you're in. Yeah, I think I have kind of an asshole approach to that. But because at the same time, you, you it's, put, a, it's, a, it's a balance. Because I understand I think, where you're coming yeah. from, too, though, because you'll see, like, families of people, but then, like, one kid or like one adult just like taking a selfie by themselves and you're yeah. like why yeah <laughs> just get like a get a nice family shot and but i mean at the, same, at the same time i think at the same time it it makes them happy you know yes. it makes it makes them happy and i think that that's the premise behind it but the thing is is to not become too ingrained in the idea of taking selfies these photographs in go. order in order to make yourself feel happy because yeah. then i think you need to have some self-reflection on are you are you really enjoying the place where you're at or are you enjoying it because you want to take a photograph because you want to show people you've been there yeah and if, yeah. if that's three if that's like 
what you're trying to do to make yourself happy, um, in my personal opinion, stop doing that. Get yourself some quality friends and, you know, go out and, and just enjoy your time yeah, with them. Like, get one of those cell phone lock boxes that you set, like, a, a time limit on. I'll mm-hmm. put your phones in there. I'll turn your phones off and leave them inside and go outside and do something for a few hours. Like, yeah, and there's even nothing wrong. And there's even nothing wrong with if you don't have a high-end camera. Like, I'm supposed to be going to Boston tomorrow with um, a friend of mine named Garrett, and we're just going to go around and we're just going to shoot. We're Best camera is the one you have with you. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to have. We're just going to go out and shoot. I don't know what, but that's the thing. I have. I don't know. I'm willing to admit I don't know what we're going to be shooting. We're just going to be walking around, trying to find some stuff. And I think yeah. that that's the thing that that plagues people the most is that they might think that they're getting creeped out by just walking around. But also at the same time too, is that if you really get into photography, it allows the option for travel, Yep. right? Because you can travel to it. It, it gives an objective to certain things, which is something that I found that I needed when I was, when I was getting out of the military, like traveling for you, for example, right? The idea yep. of traveling. Um, I want to photograph the Northern lights up in Iceland. Now there's all these other proxy things that I can do in Iceland, whether it's, you know, fucking ice surfing or some shit. I don't fucking know what they do up there, you know. There, but There's a lot of cool yeah. stuff to see and do in Iceland. Yeah, I haven't but, been yet, but... I've... Yeah, but that's one of my goals is to is to photograph the Northern Lights. We'll talk after this. We might be going in September. But anyways, um, All right. I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in. But that's one of my goals is to photograph the Northern Lights because that is just an objective that I want. It's something that I want to hang on my wall yep. to know... I did that. I took that and having that level of satisfaction, dude, it's just, it's so gratifying. It's, 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 and when someone walks up to you and say, wow, that's a crazy image. Did you take that? Yeah, I took that. Wow. We have, so I have a bunch of a 20 by 30, I have a 10 by 30 and a five by 30 prints all hanging in the back room at the studio. And so many people have come in they've just been like, wow, it's really beautiful prints. Where'd you guys get those? And you know, one of the three of us are always like, oh, that's, you know, Kyle or I'm like, those are mine. Like, yeah. no, no, where'd you get them? I'm like, I took no, those. really, I, I, took I took those. I printed them. Yeah. Like, by I printed them, I mean I'd White House, White House custom color print them because <laughs> yeah. I am terrible at printing my own stuff. And also, I don't know how to print on canvas or wrap canvas properly. Yeah. I let those guys do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and- it's Sorry. funny how it's just funny like when you do have stuff hanging up they're like oh it's a nice image and like don't you ever think about the fact like oh you're a photographer you take photos you do this but like there's no way that like you had this awesome image like yeah people just don't think about it it's, it's kind of funny it is actually really funny yeah um so what was it like when you first when you first started your road trip when you got to colorado what was the first immediate thing that you that you one of the first things that came to mind I'm going to answer this question, and I'm going to reverse back to sure. Prince for a hot Sorry. second. Sorry. Um, Sorry. I, I know. I, I, well, that was what I wanted to No, you you have, like, Sorry. so many good questions Dude, all the time. I know. <laughs> uh, I sound like a white girl. You have so many oh good questions, god. like, all the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, in Colorado, it was, what time is it since I see Matt walking? It's about 11. Okay. Um all right, little interruption. My yeah, studio mates just came in. They're yeah, going to be... Got about, uh, we got about 10 minutes. Yeah, they're going to be recording, starting to record a band in, in about an hour, so we're probably going to have to hurry this up a little bit, but um, that might be a band showing up now. Mm. Oh, well. Uh, <clears throat> so my first thoughts getting to Colorado, I was like, 
I, I always picture Colorado as I think what a lot of people do, like forests and a lot of snow. And yeah. I don't think of it as a high desert, which it, it very much is. Yeah, it's and I dry. got there, and I was the, just like, like, Eastern Colorado's dry as shit. Yeah, I was like, it's a desert. It's still, you know, 95 degrees. What the hell's going on? Like, this is weird. And then, you know, I was talking to some people there, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's definitely a, it's a desert. Like, <clears throat> well, my cousin rides motorcycles too, you know, who we stayed with. And he was like, it's awesome out here because you can ride 300 and you know, 320 days a year. There might be 40 days with snow and shit, but, you know, it, it melts in 24 hours, 48 hours, so you can keep riding. And I'm like, that's kind of dope. He's like, yeah, yeah if yeah. you snowboard or ski, you can go to the mountains. You just go to the mountains and you can do it for, you know, the whole season. I'm like, all right. Sick. <laughs> well, that was interesting. And then, you know, I'm used to riding in, like, humid, you know, 90-degree weather, 85-degree weather. Yeah, fucking New England, yeah. We had, I think, four days in a row where we were riding. It was between 115 and 100. I think 22 was the highest I saw on my bike. Jesus. And I'm wearing full gear. Yeah. I I splurged and got the BMW gear because they gave me a percentage off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's vented very well. So was I sweating a shitload? Yes. But it's one, a dry heat. Two, it's vented well. So, you know... It was. It wasn't as bad as it sounds, but yes, it was still very hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's still 120 yeah. degrees no yeah. matter what. Like even if you're doing 70 down the road, it's like, still gonna. You're still gonna. A lot of water. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of water. Yeah. You know, we we would stop every, you know, 150 miles or so, get a Gatorade, a soda, a water, you know, and and you know some beef jerky or whatever, and just like pound all that down for 20 minutes get an extra gallon of water just to pour over ourselves throw our stuff back on and keep going and yeah keep trucking let me tell you even room temperature water feels like you're diving in an ice bath yeah. when it's 120 degrees yeah <laughs> like i poured that over my head the first time i was just like because dude there's oh no, no. <laughs> yeah dude, there's no there's no i've been in the desert before there's no there's no you can't um, get away from you it. You can't escape the sun. You well, can't you, escape the sun. You walk into the yeah. shade, and yeah, it's 20 degrees cooler, but it's still 100 degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, it, it's amazing because, you know, one one day we started in Reno, and I, I think it got a, up to 110 degrees that day. Jesus Christ, man. And uh, we ended in Eureka, California, mm-hmm. and it was 56. Yeah. Eureka's, Eureka's a place I actually want to go to, too, is Redwood National Forest. It's there. beautiful. It's yeah. absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, we, we went there, and I... I Wish we spent more time. Yeah. Also, yeah. there's Redwood and there's Sequoia. They're different. Sequoias are huge. Yeah. Uh, Redwoods are, sec- I believe, Sequoias. Yeah. I Sequo- think. I think it's yeah, a, there's a, I'm there's, not, I'm still I'm not, not 100%, I'm not 100% sure, on sure on it either. Somebody's going to hear that and be like, yeah, you're going to be like, <laughs> guys, we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Um, um but, but yeah, it, it, it was incredible. And, you know, like, when we got out there, I guess, months, I was like, wow, this trip's finally started. Mm-hmm. The first week or so, I was like, I can't believe I have three more weeks of this. And then, like, somehow, as soon as we got there, we, you know, did Pike's Peak, and you know, we went through some of the canyons. It was like, wow. This is the trip. Yeah. This is the fucking trip. This is, and, like, and this, I, is, this is where it begins. And, like, I don't like the desert. I'm not a desert person. So, you know, spending a week riding through just desert and sand and a lot of nothing, I was like, this is a bummer way to, like, really start yeah. the trip, in air quotes. <laughs> but, um, well, that's it, the thing, man. Is it, it you was have incredible. to, yeah, you have to, you have to experience <clears throat> and challenge yourself. You know, you have to, you have to constantly, you have to struggle exactly. in order to, in order to have experiences. And, and on, on, go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was just gonna say, even like this whole trip, it wasn't a struggle. Like we lucked out with weather. Like 
I think we hit like two or three, maybe half hour rain showers. We get, we were riding through hail for maybe 10 or 15 minutes one time. Somewhere in the mountains on the West Coast. I want to say it was Oregon or, or Washington. Um, might have been Northern California. Somewhere in that mm-hmm. Northwest area. Um, and then coming, going from Wyoming to Sturgis, we got caught in a downpour. And when I say downpour, if you're from that area, like, you understand what yeah, I mean by downpour. Because, yeah. dude, yeah, uh, the Pacific Ocean, the jet stream starts right there. So it, like, fucking brings it, all that shit right there. That, <laughs> I've never seen rain like that in my life. Um, yeah. You know, every car immediately turned their flashers on. Cars are pulling off left and right. And we see a truck pull off. So we pulled off and we just stopped. And, like, and you guys are on bikes. We're on bikes. <laughs> uh, he, yeah. he has a duster that's, you know, mostly waterproof. And all my gear is waterproof if I have it zipped up. So, like, I'm, I'm completely dry with the exception of my hands because I didn't have my waterproof gloves on at that point. Um, and, and you know, we pull over. We literally just raise our visors and look at each other and just burst, burst out laughing. Like what does it matter yeah yeah <laughs> even if we pulled over somewhere where we can go inside it doesn't fucking matter right now yeah uh you know it's it starts to clear a little bit i say clear it starts it doesn't it's know, not coming down it, like it fucking goes Gale from Force. like a, a tsunami to to a I, I say tsunami i mean tsunami yeah, yeah. uh to like a hurricane style yeah, yeah. uh um you know, and, and we see about a quarter mile up the road, there's a bridge we could have pulled off under. <laughs> of course, of literally course. a quarter. We couldn't see it. We could not see yeah. it because it was raining. So well, that's heavily. how I've, I've seen. I've seen rain. So, um, I've I've been in rain that comes down. I don't know. I don't know if it was that bad. We but, we looked yeah. at each other and we're like, should we go? I'm like, eh, it doesn't really matter, but why not? At least we won't be sitting in the rain. We yeah. can like take our helmets off and talk to one another. Yeah. So and we do of that. There's a fucking bridge, right? There. Yeah, literally about a quarter mile. Might have been a half mile tops, but like, fact is, there are no trees around. There's no turns. We couldn't see it. Yeah. We didn't even know it was there. Yeah. Um. You know, you couldn't see flashers from cars that were more than 500 feet away from you. Like yeah. all of a sudden, you start to see like a little yellow something. And you get closer, and you're like, oh, that's that's a car. And I'm very close to it. Yeah. Um, but dude, those they, are stories, man. Yeah, those we, are we stories actually, and experiences. We pulled over the bridge and we were hanging out. We saw two more motorcycles pull up and we we start talking. The older guy did not seem to care at all. He's like, I'm miserable. I hate everybody. Like, don't talk to me. But you know, yeah. it turned out to be a father and son yeah. who were starting in Northern California and they were doing the same trip we so were. Irony. In there. Yeah. yeah. We we ended up on the same bridge together. We were ending our trip. I think they said they're on the second day of theirs. Might have been the first day of uh, no second day of theirs. Um, and they were actually headed to, to Maine. They're like, we're on <laughs> our way to Maine right now. And we're like, we're no on way. our way home to New Hampshire. Yeah. Dude, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. So that's crazy. They were going to Sturgis and they weren't hitting North Dakota. Like we were, they were going to Sturgis and then keep going through. Um, and you know, we were going to Sturgis and up to Dickinson, North Dakota. My dad used to, to drive big rigs. Um, mm-hmm. and there were like, I think six or eight. Six, I think there were six states in the continental U.S. he had not been to, and we hit all of them on this trip. Um, so that's why we went to North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Plus, I hadn't been to North Dakota, so I'm like, well, let's, let's, take it, a let's do it, man. Yeah. What's an extra day? Why not? Who cares? Why not? Like um, that's, I, I did a lot of that when I was down in Maryland for three months. I, I wanted to, my my buddy Ryan wanted to hit. Um, I met him. He's go on to active DC, duty. Go to DC. Go to Virginia. Yeah. Go to West yeah. Virginia. Do some hiking. Dude, Shenandoah. We went to Shenandoah. We did yep. all all these things, and it, for me, it was I want to capture images of these places that. Um, I haven't been yet. Went Absolutely. To, went to Delaware. Saw my first bald eagle, actually down in That's Delaware. Awesome. Yeah, we just went to a place called um, Port Mahon, Port Mahon, something like that. But went down there, saw 
a bald eagle for the first time ever. I've never mm-hmm. seen one in in and it was right by the sea actually. It was on the ocean. It was perched up on this on this wooden um pillar and I had never seen one and it was just chilling there. Now I didn't get I didn't get very close to it cuz obviously yeah. it's a fucking bald eagle but it's more likely to fly those away eyes, than anything. Yeah, dude, those yeah. eyes, man, and they are huge. They're, They're big birds. Huge birds. Huge birds. I'd never seen one before. Uh, um, we definitely saw a couple on our trip and yeah. my dad and I are both like is that a bald eagle? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm like, pretty sure it is, but I feel like they're, they're like, I guess it's being from the U.S. Like it's all over our money. Like the bald yeah. eagle's an American yeah. thing. Yeah. And you know, when when you see one, you're like, wait, wow, I don't, it's, I like almost can't even believe that it's real. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> um, like it's just we we're, we're saturated with so much imagery. With it. Yeah. But then when you finally see it, you can see it's like it's this just, you just majestic yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely big menacing um, looking bird yeah um, and going back to to prince and also talking about this trip for christmas i actually just had a uh i think it's a 31 or 32 page book made for my dad highlighting every day of the trip and it has a map for each day of because as we were going through the trip mm-hmm. i'd go on google maps that night i would plot out the exact trip that we did do a screenshot of it and save it <clears throat> um so i have images from each day, which I actually meant to bring just so I could show you because I know you would appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Um, that images from each day and then a map of, of exactly the route we took that day. And, it, you know, it says, you know, day one, the date. And then it also has, you know, starting here, ending here, how many miles. And, uh, you know, he'd seen some of the images because I posted them on Instagram and then had them forward to Facebook. And, you know, so he'd seen some, but not all of them. And, you know, just seeing his reaction to that like a physical copy dude again he was just like he's he was he was blown away yeah he loved away. it and you know all day on christmas he, he you know, kept bringing it out and showing it to like everyone that, that this is what we did over. this is what yeah. we did and this he's is, like, where, this we is where we went this is what we did and these are these are the photos and a lot of these yeah. i haven't seen until today and like you and know it's not and that's the thing dude is it's not it's not like he's trying it i feel that when people do that they're not trying to brag you mm-hmm. know they're not trying to brag it's just this is like look at how beautiful look at yeah this is life you know like we have to there's so much potential in this in this existence here you know there's so much potential that to just get wrapped up in something just the mundane you know the the same the same monotonous thing it just drives you up a wall so to find something that you can be so passionate about is extremely important absolutely you know it's it's extremely important because i just got i just did um my first photo book too back in uh i think september yeah um it's really well it's really put together very fast and um it's kind of shitty but it was my first edition but i'm enamored or i'm happy in the fact that i did it Yep. And a couple of people were telling me that they were like, hey, this is really good. You know, this is cool. Um, and oculi.org, Nature and Landscapes, just saying if you want to order it. Um, but there was a couple of things that I needed to improve on it. But people coming up to me, I only sold I only sold three books. But the fact that I had done it and where I was, where my travels are and where I, the way that I outlined the book, dude, it was really fulfilling <clears> to me that I really took the time and I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm like, man, I don't want to fucking do this today, but I, I bit down and I did yep. it. And that's every day. Boy. Yeah, man. I don't want to yeah. do this today, but you yeah. know, I need to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think when you go ahead, I was just gonna say the fact that you're, you're so early in, in this career or I'm not sure if you consider it a career at this point with photography. I like to think that you do. Cause 
you're making some beautiful images, man. Honestly, yeah. you really are. And you're doing a damn good job with it, especially only being at what two years. Yeah, I've um, only been doing it. Yeah, I've only been doing it for, for two, two and a half years. Coming the, on, going on two and a half years, you know. The fact that you know, I'm sure you still consider yourself very much an amateur. You know, you sold copies of it. Is, yeah, is yeah. a big thing in itself. Like, yeah, for sure. I need to see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Dude, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, I'll bring my copy I have with me. Um, I'll show it to you next time. And dude, also bring your, bring your, uh, 100%. Your, yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, dude, there's a band here, so we got to, uh, wrap this up. But, um, we yeah, dude, all, thanks. We can always do round two at some yeah, point. Yeah, dude, we can always, dude, we're going to be doing this again. I'm hopefully going to be making the podcast at least, maybe a new episode once a week, once every two weeks. Um, so we can make this a regular thing, whatever. We'll, we'll talk off, off, off air yeah. on this, but, um, yeah, dude, again, thanks for doing this, dude. Beautiful place. I really appreciate it. No problem. This has been Life Discussions with Josh Bovair. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you.